What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Or the 30. To the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40, to the 30-yard line. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that 62-yard field goal attempt. It is good. Eagles. Who can forget? Again, I'm looking again. Those up the middle. That's it. At the Derek 40. Brooks. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. We call them the Salty Dogs. Welcome, everyone. Uh, thanks for joining us again for another edition of the Salty Dogs podcast. Yes, we certainly appreciate you taking the time to uh, basically waste, but it's great. You well, know? I mean, you, there's times you can waste, like well, when you're driving home or something. Like yeah, that. that's you very can true. You can multitask, too. Uh, I'm Scott Smith. And I'm Jeff Ryan. And we are the Salty Dogs. Yes, we are. And this is a little mini episode for yes. the short week. And the reason, right, because we're playing Thursday night, yeah. which would be tomorrow night because we're recording this it, on Wednesday morning. It's a mini-sode. Yes. If you will. Minnesota. It's our Minnesota version. It's basically the same thing without the star, and that would be the player we (laughs) I know we always say that's our favorite part of the (laughs) and we're not doing that part. Because we made that decision on our own. We didn't even ask anybody because this week is so compressed that we thought it was just not a good ask to ask a player to do that in just the few days they have. And and looking at their schedule, the only thing they had was uh, lunch, and even during lunch they had to do lifts and other things and treatment. So they're a very minimal time, especially considering they are traveling on Wednesday, uh, Wednesday afternoon for the Thursday night yeah. game. Yeah, so that would be today. Very minimal. That would be today. Yes. We would be preparing for travel, you and I, Jeff, Yeah, in normal it, year. It's funny you say that because I was thinking about that um, coming in this morning, like, dang, Chicago. I grew up in the outside God, of I Chicago. 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 I went to school there. Yeah, it's a great Got city. friends there. Beautiful time of year to go right now. They have that casserole thing they call pizza. Yes. Yes, they do. That's worth trying. Yeah. yeah deep dish. I'm not a big fan of deep I'm dish. I'm not crazy about what it. I, what I love is Italian beef. I can't talk, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, the Italian beef sandwiches. Where they dunk it. Oh, my goodness. Oh, They used to do that in Soldier Field. Yes. Remember the old press box yeah. at Soldier Field was a yeah. dump? Yeah. It was a complete dump. But? But they had the little hallway in the back, and every single game they had the people with the Beef on Weck, I think they called it. No, no, that's in Beef on Weck is in Buffalo. Okay. This is called Italian beef. But they would, if you wanted to, they would dunk it in uh-huh. the au jus, yeah. which makes it extremely messy, but very good. Yeah, excellent. It was worth all the dribbles on your shirt. It really was. <laughs> um, and also a Vienna hot dog. I mean, I realize you can get those anywhere, but there's something about eating a hot dog in Chicago <laughs> that's just awesome. There's a lot to like about Chicago, so, especially so now, when it's not freezing. So cold. now that you got me all cranked up, realizing that I am not <laughs> traveling to this game, but there is a silver lining, and I have um, kind of walked myself through it. Is there's just so many changes with with uh, the dealing with COVID and how it travel, wouldn't be fun travel anyway. They've reduced the travel party again, down uh, a smaller number. And Holy moly, yeah, how can they get much smaller? It's pretty small. And, um, you know, the hardest part about a night game, and, you know, I'm not telling you, Scott, I'm just telling people out there, the hardest part about a night game is sitting around all day waiting for the game to yeah. start. It's because... They are going to have walkthrough, though, at oh, the hotel. Well, that's great. And meetings. 
So um, they're going to stay busy on a Thursday. Yeah, because it, because of the short week, there was still stuff they needed to get done. As Bruce said, the Monday night games are the worst because you've accomplished everything you need to mm-hmm. do, and then and then you're just sitting in your hotel room all, right. all day Monday with nothing to do. Well, now the NFL came out with even stricter guidelines on separation on meals and well, I think they have to like do twelve that. feet. And, I mean, it is. I mean, we're that, probably our distance right now. I would say between you and me. Yeah. It's probably about 18 feet. At least, yeah. It's a big, big table. My, yeah, maybe, maybe 21 feet. It is a big table. But it is, um, yeah, it, it, it is kind of, you forget sometimes because you get wrapped up into football, but the virus is still out there, and the NFL is making sure that we can get a season in. Uh, unfortunately, they did have to move a game, and they canceled a game. They didn't cancel it. They moved it to week seven. Well, yes, they canceled it for Sunday. But uh, that they got over that. They got through that. They yeah. found a way to solve those, but we're not out of the woods yet. And I say that because today brings the news that Stefan Gilmore of the Bills has tested positive. I didn't see that. And the problem for me with that one, and we have not heard all the ramifications of this yet, the problem for me with that one is he, he just played in that game against Kansas City. So if he was asymptomatic but already shedding, then that could be a problem. So we're gonna we're gonna find out if there's if we see cases from the Chiefs and the Patriots popping up this week. Then you know we're starting to see the worst case scenario that everybody's worried about. I yeah, I, it's crazy because you feel good and then all of a sudden you you know your your test. I, I I don't know about you, but I I'm not kidding you. When I go get tested, I, until I get the result, I am like. Please don't, please. It's um, at first when we started the season, I thought, man, getting tested every week. And then for the tier one and two tier people, it's every day. What mm-hmm. a pain. You know, I didn't know what to expect. was a little bit scared. Now I'm glad. Yes. I feel like it's a it's yes, an, yes, an opportunity. Yes. It's a advantage that we're getting because it, every week we find out that we're fine. It's truly a privilege. <clears throat> you know, yeah, because, privilege because, is the word I was looking because for. It takes so, because of the difficulties in getting a test, having a test done. Yeah, you know, uh, in in uh, the good old USA. So, in addition to COVID, I wanted to say near the top that um, what has become clear to me about this season is that it's going to be a season of attrition, mm. um, <laughs> and that's not just COVID. That's injuries. But although uh, there's a lot of people who think the rash of injuries is a result of the lack of off-season and, and uh, preseason and, and the abbreviated training camp, which is of course because of COVID. So it's all related, but um, you know we we we'll be talking about all our injuries here in a minute. It is severe and concentrated in several positions, and that's the problem. But nobody's going to feel sorry for the Buccaneers. Nope. They have to figure out a way to get through it. We just played the Broncos, who are missing a whole bunch of their key players, and I'm sure that had something to do with the the outcome of the game. And then we just played the Chargers, who were also missing a a, a number of their key players including like three offensive linemen, and I got to believe that had an impact. Um, so Yeah, but I have to give props to them because the next man up really did play well. They, they played pretty well. They played very well, and, of course, I didn't mention that um, they were playing without their week one starter quarterback, Tyrod Taylor, because it looks like Justin Herbert is probably better anyway. Yeah, I think he – He certainly can get the ball downfield I, I think when you're when, – unfortunately, when – what are they, one and three? Yeah, but they look better to me than a one and yeah. three team. Oh, no question, no question. That, that I was very impressed with, with him, Herbert, um, during hard knocks. They you were doing – yeah, he was pretty impressive. Just just his demeanor, you know, how you – you know, you know when you start watching guys, just things he was saying as 
when he made a mistake, okay, what did I do? How do I fix this? That type yeah. of thing. So, you know, those are the teams we've faced. We've seen, like, San Francisco battle through a whole oh, bunch wow. of injuries yes. and still do pretty well, although they lost this week. There have been other teams, and now it looks like it's our turn. And I think the teams – two things. The teams that handle temporary rashes of injuries, which I think is what the Bucks have. I don't think it's – other than O.J. Howard, it's not long-term with any of these guys. But um, – so if the teams that handle those stretches where they're missing a bunch of key players well are going to be at the top at the end. And then the teams that where it is more temporary, that don't suffer the real big season uh, altering or season killing injuries, you know, our, losing OJ Howard is big to be honest with you because he was playing great. And I think our two tight end packages were really producing very well. Stats show that to be true. And we don't have another tight end that's really, analogous to OJ. Rob Gronkowski at his peak form is, Was. but we don't know if we have that. We certainly haven't really seen that yet, although he did make a real nice downfield play in the last game. I think, I, I, you know, when uh, before the season started, you were looking at tight ends and you were looking at running oh, we backs. We got so many tight ends. We and got that, so many running backs. We got so many receivers. It, and I, th- I think I think you have to give props to Jason Light and to Bruce Arians realizing that this was going to be a very different Everybody type of Everybody wanted year. us to trade O.J. Howard as soon as we got Rob Gronkowski, mm-hmm. and yeah. they didn't even think about it. They, no. I mean, I'm sure they listened if somebody gave him a oh, big yeah. offer, but they knew what they wanted to do with these guys. And so, they knew you could lose any one of them at the drop of a hat. And and so that seems to be all. everything that everyone was talking about is, oh, we're really overloaded, we're really overloaded, and, and here we are in week five. And we're not overloaded at all. Let's go down the list. Please. It is Wednesday before their walkthrough. They're just doing walkthroughs this Do you week. want to do this first, or do you just want to say what an awesome game Sunday was? No, I want to do this. Okay. Because that's what I think is most – we are one day away. We're closer to the next game than we are to okay. the last one. We can right. still talk about that. I got some stuff here on In my time. list. In time. Okay, go ahead. I think this is more important. Very much so. Uh, this is Wednesday when we're recording this uh, around maybe, what, 11 um, we don't know yet. The the full injury report, what you normally get on Friday, is going to come out today, uh, but probably later in the afternoon, in which it will show which guys are ruled out, which guys are questionable, which guys look good. So we don't know for sure. But what we do know is that all of these players have not practiced at all this week, and these are just walkthroughs, so they're not even walking through. Chris Godwin, who we didn't expect to play anyway. No. Mike Evans, mm. Scotty Miller, Justin Watson. Leonard Fournette, LaShawn, LaShawn McCoy, and Gronk's been limited. If all, it is entirely possible that all of those first six guys I listed will not play. In which case, here's what you would have. Come on, defense. Here's what you would have. Oh, yeah, we're going to get to that. Here's what you would have on your available on your 53-man roster heading into Thursday. At receiver... Cyril Grayson and Tyler Johnson. Okay. Next. Did man. you expect me to continue that list? Because that's a that's that's it. that's it, huh? You have two guys on the practice squad: Josh Pearson, who they chose to protect this week, which I think is telling, and another guy um, that we recently added. And uh, you could choose to promote, uh, elevate both those with that new practice squad elevation thing. In which case, you'd have four guys, but you'd have four guys who essentially between them have one NFL catch. Right, Cyril Grayson had a three-yard catch last year. the The tough part is, is that even if guys can, you know, start the game, it's just hard to keep going. It, you, you, especially you, on a you're short a razor week. thin. Especially on a short week. So that, when Leonard Fournette couldn't play, and then Kenyon Barner and um, and Lashawn McCoy both got knocked out of that last game, you were down to 
Ronald Jones and the rookie Keyshawn Vaughn. Who him, played very well. Yes, he made a very impressive play. Um, so you were able to get through, but if you go in starting with those two and lose either one of them or both, what are you going to do? And with with the COVID protocol. I was just going to say punt. <laughs> with the COVID protocols, you there was really no opportunity to bring anybody in off the street to, to help it because it's a Thursday game. So they couldn't start trying to sign guys until Monday. And it would take until at least today, right? Well, you have to test 72 hours in a row right, for three so. days. So you really – by the only time you would be able to come in really is Friday. Well – If you get tested on Monday, Monday then you got to get Wednesday. Tuesday, then you got to get tested on Wednesday. So Thursday. So Thursday, which, which is, is the day of the game. Yeah. Which so you wouldn't even work. have a chance to teach them anything. No. There's no way you would put that guy in a game. So no. they didn't even try. There was no point. You could do a more long-term signing, but I, I don't think they think other than Howard that these are long-term injuries. No. So after, after the Chicago game – you got you 10 have, days. you got time for everybody to yeah, heal. Hopefully, Hopefully, yes. Hopefully, yeah. At least some of them. So you have some representative offense. It's just uh, – it's going to be – it's going to be kind of crazy. I, in a way, it's almost an interesting experiment to see how the Bucks can get through this game. Well, th- that's – I think that's kind of it. You know, if you're on the roster, you're supposed to be a player. And if, you know, you're in the NFL right now – Yeah, but I'm just talking sheer numbers, Jeff. Uh, yeah. You know, most teams, including the Buccaneers – run 11 personnel, which is three receivers, about 60% of the time. Yeah, and Hard see, to run three receivers when you only have two receivers. And, and you're playing – yeah. Wow. I actually um, – I forgot – I didn't mention Jaden Mickens, did I? Mm-mm. All right, so you do have three guys. You got Cyril Grayson, Jaden Mickens. He'll probably be doing uh, punt return. Yeah, but – kickoffs. But he'll have to play on offense. And he has played a little bit on offense mm-hmm. in Jacksonville. He, he has some – Stats in his past, not a ton, but some. So you have Jaden Mickens, Tyler Johnson, and Cyril Johnson, Cyril Grayson. So at least that's three, and then you could, you could uh, elevate Josh Pearson potentially from the practice squad to have four. Well, we certainly are learning the names of who's on the Buccaneers because <laughs> you have no choice. And on game day, it's even going to be more. That flip card's becoming more and more yeah. important right now. I mean, there's a reason this offense was so good, and uh, you. You obviously say next man up. Every team says next man yeah. up. Every every player is, learns to say next man up in every interview. But there, there's a reason why Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are, are the best. And, hey, by well, the way, do you know who leads this team in receiving yards? Scotty Miller. Oh, you did know? Or you just made a good no, guess? No, I – wow. Just because I don't walk in with papers doesn't mean but I But you don't. knew or you guessed? I, I knew because, because I am That's really – That's interesting, don't I, you think? I think it is, but I'm rooting for him. Well, we all are. I, yeah, I just I – just, you got to root for the little guy. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I went into a – I was asked in a different podcast before the season to name who I thought could be the unsung hero, and I picked Scotty Miller. That's a good pick. And my point was I'm not just talking about Scotty Miller being a good third third receiver who stretches the field and makes an occasional big play. I'm saying this guy could get six or 700 yards this year. I may have been shooting low. If you want to see how fast Scotty Miller is, you need to go to the Buccaneers app or Buccaneers.com and watch Rondi Barber. Uh, you should do that every week. Break, yeah, but but the breakdown of that play yeah. and how he just flies through, it is – you really see how fast – you can really get a gauge on how fast he is. Yeah, smooth. Very smooth much. I, I think it's funny when you're talking about next man up and, and you try not to say that you're going to drop off, but my initial thought there was – is. There, there is a difference in the players because if there weren't difference in players, the money would all be the same. And that's not how it works. <laughs> and you and I might be in the league. Yeah, so the next man up, yes, you're you're up. You got your shot. And, and It wouldn't be much fun if everybody was equally good. No, no. 
get boring after a while. But but it also shows that sometimes guys become really good because they finally have a chance yep. to show what they can do. One man's injury is another man's opportunity, yeah. which is what Bruce Arians likes to say. I like lot. that. Uh, w- where we are not currently injured, knock on wood. That's is, real wood, too, by uh, the way. Is um, offensive line. Mm-hmm. All five guys playing very well. Very much so. I think we're seeing, finally, Jeff, think of the resources that this team has pumped into the offensive line oh, in Lord. recent years. Jeez. A second-round pick on Donovan Smith, and then and that was a high second. It was like the first pick of the second round. And then a second contract for him a couple of years ago, a bigger one. Um, Third-round pick on Alex Kappa. That's the least of all of them. Right. The big, big contract for Ryan Jensen. Second-round pick and another contract for Ali Marpet. And then the first-round pick, 13th overall, on Tristan Wirfs. It's not like we haven't tried. Boy, they, they, but we have not gotten results like this yet, and now it feels like it's really coming together. You, you cannot I, – I, I am just totally amazed how well Tristan is playing. Yeah, it's, it's great. To, to uh, be at the game and just put a pair of binoculars just on him and watch how well he played last Sunday. Ronde talks about that a little bit too. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. He's got good feet. Unreal. Unreal. Strong Joey Bosa too. said after the game. Yeah. This going to be, be real good. <laughs> well, when you get manhandled, you kind of have to say that, don't you? But, but you know, Joey's, you know, he just got a big contract. And yeah. he's, he's a big very tight, good. He's very good. He's a pro the first boy, game big, he didn't have a sack this year. Big time player. So that's a lot of Brady respect Brady wasn't there. sacked in that game. He threw 46 passes and wasn't sacked. No. He was hit about five times, but he wasn't sacked. Yeah, I thought. He I gets thought, rid of the ball quick. Yeah, I, I I thought they played really really well. Tom Brady, here's here's a here's a very noticeable difference between our offense this year with Tom Brady yeah. and our offense with Jameis Winston. And Jameis Winston did lots of really good things and had huge stats, huge numbers. Tom Brady will throw the ball away a lot more than Jameis ever did. Think about when we got down to the goal line, which is a good throw. Most of the time, it's the right decision, and I'm obviously deferring to Tom Brady to know, mm, right? Yeah. Sometimes like, wow, he threw that away quickly. But so we get down, I believe on the. Um, I believe on the Mike Evans touchdown after the fumble, the first play clearly didn't work, and he threw it high out of the back of the end zone. Second play, I think, was supposed to be a swing pass out to the right to Keyshawn Vaughn, and um, and he just threw it over his head. I mean, he, he it was covered, and he just – so first two plays, two throwaways, and then on third down, he scrambles, and, and he can't throw it on third down, so he scrambles, finds Mike Evans' touchdown. If he forces one of those first two passes, he might never get to third down. He, yeah, he that's he's patient. He's patient in what he's trying to what he's what he wants to accomplish, and he knows what he wants to accomplish. He's doing the quick check downs, and um, it is it is um, fascinating to watch. It really is. It it it's kind of um, I don't know surreal, just in. Just in watching him march down the field and being down, it's what seventeen points. Yeah, and then he he led four four straight possessions were touchdowns, and then a field goal in the next one. That's we don't see that a lot. We didn't see that in the heyday. It's pretty great. It is. It was. It was. It's fun. You know what that third and six scramble did too? The third and six scramble and then touchdown pass to Mike Evans, which was a really nice play in which Mike adjusted his route when he saw that the play was breaking down and slid behind the defender. He first was going in front of him, and then he went behind him. Uh, and found an open spot, and Brady found him. Um, that kept us perfect. And then there was two more in, later in the game, or one before and one after, on goal to go. Every single time this year on 11 tries that we have reached 
first and goal, whether it be from the nine or the one mm-hmm. or the ten, we've gotten into the end zone, which I find remarkable. And I would love for that to you can't continue one hundred percent the whole year, but as long as it as long as it goes, keep going, right? Even if you slack off a little bit, it's still and that was against numbers, and and we were four, three for four. Uh, in the red zone, that is three, four red zone drives, three touchdowns, four interceptions. I mean, <laughs> three touchdowns, yeah. one field goal. That would be a really weird stat. Right. Um, and that was against the team that came into the to the, the week with the best red zone defense in the league. They were only averaging, allowing like 27% touchdown conversions. We knocked them out of that spot, and now the top red zone defense in the league is Chicago, <laughs> which we get to face now. So we'll see. Again, strength on strength. What I like, too, I know Tom had a, had a pick in this game, but – a bad one. A bad one, yeah. And I don't understand that play. I, I, I mean, I heard B.A. explain it, and he said he needs to coach him up more on that play. So I, I don't know if they're not on Most the breakdowns play. like that are not just one little thing. Yeah. Maybe Justin's, Justin Watson's route was Something deeper right. than it was supposed to be. Some, maybe, yeah. maybe Tom didn't see the guy. Maybe Bruce would have preferred he choose, chose to throw that ball somewhere but else. But I will say that it didn't bother him, and he, was, he still wasn't just – flinging so to speak you know as you were talking about how many completions he was yes making. and and that takes me on another ways. tangent um that i that i think is one Uh-oh. of the most important points did i start up week. something here Go it's ahead. good it's a good thing all right so yes on the side the player said after the game on the sideline that tom brady never got down he was upbeat the entire time even when we were down 17 and especially after we got that sort of gift right before halftime and made it a 10 point game that they felt like they could win that game bruce arian said it todd Bowles said it then Levante David said, they all said, that's a game we would not have won last year. I agree. And it wasn't like, they were like, maybe. No, all of them were pretty emphatic. The 2019 Buccaneers would not have won that game. No, and, and we would have scored points, but we would have also given up a ton of points just because you of, got, of yeah, the INTs. If, if a, if a court, because you're, cause now you're chasing. And your defense not being able to hold lead. And if you're going to make a comeback from 17 or 20 down or whatever, you both sides have to play well because you're – you have to close that gap, but you have to keep them from rewidening it, right? Yeah. It, uh, Todd Bowles was uh, was on the BA show, and it's it's on the site on the app, um, talking about you know they got all the accolades of uh, accolades are my bad <laughs> accolades accolades. I mean, you would they would be accolades if they were yes. like for stuff you did in water, right? I was right. I was accolades. I'm drowning here. <laughs> That was pretty good. Yeah, thank you very much. You, you recovered nicely. Yes, I know. What I was going to say is that he was he likes the fact that his defensive players are getting recognition, but it's like a kiss of death. Oh, really? Yeah, he said it's a kiss this. of death that, oh, yeah, look how great we did, and then we came out and played like we played on Sunday. Not so good. For the first half. Yeah, for the first half. Yeah, that's true. Somebody asked me um, – in a mailbag question, if this defense should have a nickname, and their contention was that all great defenses have a nickname, and they're thinking, of course, like the Steel Curtain and the mm. Doomsday, but I don't think that's actually true because I don't think the Bucks in 2002 and around that time mm. had a nickname. No. They called it the Tampa 2, but that wasn't a nickname. No, that was, that was what just, it was. That was just what the system was, and it was an indication that we played it so well that they their, changed it to – Their name was best after. defense in the NFL. That was. I don't name. think the Ravens in 2000 had a nickname. Mm. But anyway – I opened it up to the fans. They started answering in emails and, and on uh, Twitter for team nick- for nicknames for the defense. And um, uh, there was plenty of responses like, hey, come on. We're four games into the season. And, you know, 
let's let's pump the brakes a little bit here. Well, it's been a while, so people are really really excited, as they should be. And you know, that's that's sportsdom. By the way, Levante or said, fandom, I should say. Levante's been here since 2012, and he basically said none of the teams he's been on until now would have won that game. Cam Brait said the same thing. He did. That's right. He did. He said that since he's been here, it's just that's encouraging. Well, they see it. And when players, you know, you talk about buy-in or you talk about how how the locker room's coming together, when you start hearing that stuff, then then what you and I and the fans are seeing is what players are seeing, and it's more important what they see than us. But it's and, – and I – the term buy-in, I mean, if you're on the team, of course, you, you, you're you're hoping that that's what it's supposed you're to hoping. be. You're hoping. Yeah, right? You're but, hoping. Right. Now you're believing. Now you're believing, yes. Well, I, I'm just kind of – you know, the nice thing about this is it's not really scripted, this podcast, so we can just jump around to whatever sure. topics we want. I don't want us to stop and have me forget that we need to give some love to Bradley Pinion. Yeah. Really? And I said you can't come back – Without both sides, but there's three phases to the game, and Pinion played a part in that comeback. He had his three punts were 58, 57, and 56 yards for an average, obviously, of 57, and his net was 53.7. And both of those are the best, by the way, that any Buccaneer punters ever had in a single game with at least three punts. Mm. That's pretty great. Gr- one yeah. of those was one of those was the one where they pinned him inside the ten that led to Indomitian Sue's forced fumble. So he played a part in that in that win. Yeah, and usually, you know, the punter usually is when when you're talking about the punter, it's usually when things are going south, when it didn't didn't go well. He got blocked. Or yeah. Mm-hmm. He made a great tackle too. That's right. He got a tackle. He made a great tackle. <laughs> it, he, it didn't really matter. He just, it I, it, right, but but still, it he, still counted as he, a tackle. By the he way, he gave up. He gave up the body. He he didn't arm tackle. <laughs> he just did the old, here I come, I'm rolling my shoulder back. And, and, but he took him out, took him out, so strong. You see a lot of um, power rankings. Yeah. Everybody does power rankings. Not a fan. I'm not either. But then there are some other sources, uh, like one I sort of like called Football Outsiders, which is more of an analytical type thing. And um, by their, um, what, what do they call their proprietary stat, their main stat that they put together – which is called DVOA, which stands for Defense Adjusted Value Over Average. It's kind of like war in baseball. Uh, it's kind of like a catch-all type of stat, and it's based on comparing what a team does on any given play compared to what the average is based on down. and Here, let me read it. Okay. I knew I wouldn't remember it right. DVOA breaks down the entire season play-by-play, comparing su- success – on each play to the league average based on a number of variables, including down distance, location on field, current score gap, quarter, and opponent quality. While it can be used as a measure of total team performance, it differs from other power ratings found throughout the web because it can be broken down to analyze team effectiveness in any number of ways, etc., etc. So my point here is this is not – some people sort of turn a skeptical eye to some of these um, websites that do analytics and rank players and say this is the best guard in the league or whatever because – it's it's subjective. They're looking at the film and saying, "Did that guy do a good job on that play?" And, and they, they don't. And they, they may don't. not know what he was supposed to do on that play. Right. That's what always. This isn't really the same that. thing. They're just. It's just. It's just a stat dump. It's taking. They they're not analyzing. They're not the ones saying whether this team did good. They're just comparing what they did to, what the average is in in that specific situation. So I don't mind DVOA. It's an interesting little thing to look at. And according to their rankings, overall the Buccaneers are number one in the league, the best team in the league. Like it. 
Uh, overall number one, seventh in offense, second in defense to Indianapolis. That sounds pretty good to me. That's how come, and that's where, <laughs> and that's where you are three and one. Yeah, that's a big deal. First quarter of There's the season. There's so many over undefeated with. teams. It's a really top-heavy league. Crazy, isn't it? So it's hard to even get to the top five in the rankings when Kansas City, Buffalo, Buffalo, the Titans, who may never play again. Uh, <laughs> Green Bay, who I think is really good. Uh, they, I, you know what? I did watch that uh, Green Bay. They game. got through a game with with yeah. when they were down on receivers and running backs and tight ends. I well, what I have a tendency to do is I watch games that truly watch games that we're gonna, teams that we're going to play. Like you truly it, do that. I do that. Yeah, true. Um, Kansas City, that was a good game. I I just like watching Kansas City, trying to figure that out. Um, do, you know, do you know which team the Buccaneers have their longest active winning streak against? Kansas City. <laughs> I, I kind of made that easy for you, you did. with Thank my you. placement. You That's weird, me. isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's going to be hard to get to six. Wow. They've won five straight games against Kansas City. Really? It's going to be hard to get to six. I did not I'm know I'm saying that. we can't do it, but that's the biggest challenge of the well, year. Well, you know what? If you Eventually, if you make it to the Super Bowl and they're there, you got to play them anyway. You so said this many times. you, you know, got to play the good teams yeah, at some point. Get them now. That's kind of one of your things. I like it. You think we've done enough? Uh, yeah, we've done almost 29 okay. minutes. Okay, like we said, this is a mini-sode. Um, we're not having a player no. guest. Uh, that was by choice. I'm sure if we'd asked, someone someone would have done it, but we didn't like that ask. And it, and it makes it really hard because sometimes you know they will do it, but they're a little rushed and and uh, yeah. And so that happened to us it, with um, Antoine Winfield. Mm-hmm. No, was it Antoine Winfield? Well, a couple times, yeah. He was right in the middle of it. it wasn't his he, fault. It wasn't his fault. And all of a sudden, and especially on a short week too. You know, there, there are media requirements that they have to do, and we are not one of those requirements. <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> just. So, um, we, we don't even need to take a break. Nope. Let's just roll straight this, into this what would normally make my life easy. I'm just going to put the open mm. and uh, music underneath right. when we're done. Okay. Get this, we'll get this on the site before you know it. All right. So, we are going to go to our questions now from fans. You right. guys. Yes. Send them to us at saltydogs at buccaneers.nfl.com. We love them. We'll do more. We'll do. We've we've been known to go twenty thirty minutes on these questions sure. before. Well, hey, some of them are good. So last week we we read a question from a fan, a Buccaneers fan in Australia, mm-hmm. and which led us into a lot of talking about Australia, which probably will happen again. His name was Elliot Lovejoy. Um, we ran into a couple points of confusion and asked him to email us the answers. Uh, one of them and was did he? yes. One of them he he was he he has a radio show in. It's spelled C-A-I-R-N-S, which just reading it normally, I would pronounce that Carnes or Cairns. Cairns, yeah. You but thought it would be more like Cons? Cons, yeah. And I think you're right, because he said, easiest way to pronounce this word is just, and it's it's spelled Cans, C-A-N-S, but given the accent, it's probably Cons, right? I should have asked him to do it phonetically. Sure. It might be Cans. You've been there. Would they yep. pronounce the A like cans or cons? Probably uh, cans. Now that I think about it. Yeah, I, he said we take. I a can't. W- I I can't remember because in your head you're reading it like you think it is, and then when you get there, and then someone, then you hear the locals <laughs> say it, then you gravitate towards that. Well, as, as you should, as I said, like Melbourne, Melbourne here is Melbourne. Yeah, he says along those lines. He's, he says we take a lot of shortcuts <laughs> over here and don't like to pronounce letters when we don't need to, <laughs> which begs the question: Why you even bother putting them in the word? They were probably, I guess it's probably That's a great coming line. down from English. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. they were English words. and, and then, uh, That's funny. Uh, 
he says, and and we'd also asked because he used the fra- the phrase radio presenter, so we didn't know if that meant he was a DJ or a news reader, interviewer, yeah. or news reader. And as far as my job, I do a break a breakfast show here with a network called Triple. Isn't that interesting? He calls it a breakfast show, where we call it the morning show. Interesting. Okay. Yep. Pointing out all these differences. Basically, sport and greatest hits. So that's pretty cool. That's great. Have been here about two years now, but prior to that, I've been lucky in in that radio has taken me to Abu Dhabi, Niagara Falls. I've never been there either. Niagara Falls. Have you been to Niagara Falls? In New York or in Canada or where? What, you think there's another Niagara Falls? I don't know. Well, there's Niagara Falls, New York, and there's Niagara Falls. It's the same thing. It's just two sides of the same thing. But it's not. One's in Canada, one's in New York. It's (laughs) not the same thing. Try to cross the border, pal. It ain't happening. But it's still just one falls. Well, this is true. There's not like a Niagara Falls, Wisconsin. Interesting that he was there. Hmm. I would like to go there. I have been there, yes. I've been there in the wintertime, and I have been there in the summertime. So he he also sent some photos, one of which had him, one of which showed how beautiful it was there in Cannes, Cannes, yeah, and one of which showed him in a Josh, uh, uh, Jameis Winston jersey. So where else was he? He was. He uh, said Abu Dhabi, Niagara Falls, and over a few spots in Australia. Hmm. Uh, in a sport, okay, so he does have a question, which is fair. In a sport that is dominated by egos, you guys must must be impressed by the togetherness of this team so far. That's not really a question, but we can talk about it. All those talented running backs sharing carries and the defense, spelled with a C, seem just as happy for their mates to get sacks when they get their own. I think all of that's true. This does seem like a particularly tight-knit team. And they're becoming tighter. That's what happens when you start winning. Yeah. And Especially when you're talking about young guys getting their first well, taste. Now is the next thing I was going to say. You have a bunch of young guys coming together, improving together, and then you have some Veteran guys that have been around. That. You got Tom Brady to lead the whole thing. You got Levante David to lead the whole thing. But you got the enthusiasm of your you got them Devin Whites and Sean Murphy. Yeah, Puntings. the youths are doing yeah. it. So it's a nice formula when it when it hits. When you're win- and then if you're not winning, then there's a whole other. Mixed well, then things there. break down, yeah. and, and you're too like, young. Oh, the locker room got the old the guy. You got the young guy. You know. <laughs> this team's fractured. <laughs> Well, when, hopefully winning. we're not. Hopefully we're not having that discussion anytime this year. I don't feel like that's going to happen with this I, team. I believe that winning solves everything. Ahoy, salty ones! A happy victory Monday slash Tuesday. Wednesday, Gus. Yeah, well, he doesn't. Know. <laughs> I know. I'm and, just... and to be honest with you, this this email actually came last week. I just didn't use it, and it's from okay. our pal in in, in Brazil, oh. Alexander Nascimento. And I, he says, Mr. Smith, I was reading one of your articles about Levante David, and I learned that a sack is also considered t- a tackle for loss. That's true. It's also considered it, – well, that's true, except if, if you tackle the quarterback uh, at the line of scrimmage and it's a gain of zero, that does count as a sack, but it doesn't count as a tackle for loss. So most sacks are tackled for loss, but not all of them. Is that like I before E except after C? <laughs> and then – most sacks also count as a quarterback hit unless, like, it's one of those sacks where you swipe the ball out of their arm. You know, like, JPP comes around the edge, yeah, swipes yeah, the ball. Yeah. That counts That's as a, a strip, sack, but it didn't stri- hit the guy, so it's it, not a quarterback hit. But it's a strip? Yeah, it's a forced fumble. Yeah. So, um, most sacks are a sack, a quarterback hit, and a forced fumble on your stat sheet. Um, we tend to... When we're writing about them and talking about them, we don't emphasize that because it sounds more impressive to say he had a sack and a quarterback. He also had a quarterback yeah. hit and a tackle for yeah. loss. So if you if you see a line where a guy has a sack and a quarterback hit, it's probably the same play. If you see a line where a guy has a sack and three or four quarterback hits, then he was really getting to the quarterback a lot. Yeah, you got to know that when you're reading these stats. 
I'm going to continue to use like it the it. other way because it's it makes it just sound sounds, better. Yeah, it's more powerful. If you know what you know, if you know this and you're reading it, you you can read between the lines. So his question is, and it's, it's kind of a fun one. The question came to me when, when I saw Antoine Winfield making a sack and forced fumble in just one play. So. With that in mind, what is the most possible statistic points a player can have in one single play? <laughs> and what I thought of was you sack the quarterback and force a fumble and recover the fumble and run and for return a touchdown. To touchdown. That's it. Which Those, happens. It has, yeah. So if you did that strip play, sack or sack strip sack fumble. No, you, strip sack score. Well, you gotta make sure you hit him because if it's just a hit it out of his arm, then you're not gonna get the quarterback right. hit. So if you do a, a real sack you force a fumble, you pick it up, you run into the end zone, you would get a sack, a quarterback hit, a tackle for loss, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, and a touchdown. That seems like the most you could probably get in one play. I would think. What else would it be? I mean, the one we've joked about before on offense is if you throw the ball and somebody bats in the air and you catch, <laughs> catch it like it Brad Johnson did in Minnesota, you would get a pass, you'd get the yards on the pass, you get a completion, you would get a touchdown, and then you'd get a reception and the yards on the play and a touchdown. So that'd be that'd be pretty big. But that's more of a fantasy football type. Thing, I would think which so. Which is your favorite type. Oh, love, love it, love it. So, I think that's it. The sack, force, fumble, pick it up, scoop and score. I, yeah. I can't think of one that would be more. There isn't. What else would it be? I don't know. Just not. Yeah. Well, someone will prove us wrong. Yeah. Give, I'd like to see him try. Sure. Come on. Come on. Come at me. Come at me, bro. You're feeling good three and one. Come <laughs> yeah, we got to be careful with that. I know. We've been down that road. Oh, before. yeah. 5-2. <laughs> God rest his soul. Oh, you went way back. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's been a while. You know. Sam Weich. Yep. 5-2. Yep. Um, well, last time Well, the, the last time we were in this situation, we, we – well, let's see. We were – Last time we were three and one was was two thousand and eleven, and that didn't. And, th- uh, and that's when we became four and two. Yeah, I think so. And then it. And then I and think then we lost unraveled. every game. After we that. did. It redid. <laughs> that's not going to happen with this team. No, I'm oh, not no. saying no. this is going to be a tough one this week. We've got some tough ones down the road, what? but this team is not going to go in the tank. You have you have Chicago. You have not that this team's looking ahead. You and I are looking yeah, ahead. Yeah, We have Chicago. We have Green Bay. Kansas City. Kansas City. Those are the big ones. Or no, 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 no. Not in a row. No, no, no. In a row is is Chicago, Green, Green Bay, Bay, Raiders, Giants. Giants. Yeah. And three of those are night games. Three out of the next four are night games. And Five out of the next seven are night games. Yeah, I forgot about that. That's right. And then a 425 game with Green, Green Bay. Bay. So Yeah, this team isn't going to see a 1 o'clock game again until, like, no, December. It's, it's so great on Sunday. It was awesome. Get up, <laughs> get put coffee right on, drink some coffee, yes. get dressed, <laughs> roll out the door. Home. I was home by 6, got to watch the Raider game, the end of the game, then start watching the Sunday night game. It was awesome. Yeah, to pull back the curtain for you out there, from a team standpoint in terms of exposure for the team and what the fans probably like, 420 games and night games are awesome. They're awesome. We know that. It's sure. great for the team that we have five primetime games. Yep. That's awesome. If you work for the team, <laughs> you love 1 o'clock games on Sunday. <laughs> That's yeah, what yeah, you want. Yeah. You look at the schedule, you get excited that everybody is excited about the Buccaneers and we get five primetime games and 420 games all yeah. over the place. And then you go, oh, man. And then we only get like four 1 o'clock games. Yeah. But if you're traveling, it's fu- if 
if it's a normal year and, and you, you have night games, it's kind of fun because it gives you a little more time in the city and you can get up and, and Yeah, it doesn't apply this out. year. No, 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 that's what I was saying. But, yeah, but you're going to know what the team's made of. You're going to know where we're at. Where you know, I'm, I feel good. I, I'm excited about it. I, I, I need I, this injury situation to clear up. Yeah. I, 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 think, <laughs> I think we can run with any team right now. Yeah, that's fair, I think, especially mm-hmm. after what I told you about those DVO ranking, TVOA mm-hmm. rankings. Mm-hmm. We're good on both sides of the ball. Yep. All and right. special teams have improved. We've been, They've improved since the start of the season. Yeah. I don't think we're one of the best teams in the league, but so it, we're getting yep. there. Do you have any other I questions? I have one more question. Okay. Not that I'm in a hurry. I just didn't know. I mateys. That's like a piratey thing. Arg. Uh, this is from a person named Corey in Tallahassee. I heard Bruce Arians say the other day that he thought Ali Marpet was a top five guard in the NFL, which he did. Mm-hmm. That's true. I remember when he called Carlton Davis a top ten cornerback in training camp, and then Davis went right out and shut down Michael Thomas in week one. That also is true. He did say that, and that did happen. Two for two. This Arians guy may know what he's talking about, says Corey. <laughs> Thanks, Corey. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Uh, I'm going to isolate that clip and send it to Bruce. <laughs> He'll sleep better at Well, night. I mean, I think the point. I understand. He, he said I, it in a funny way, and I like it. I do, too. But I think the point is coaches can sometimes say stuff about oh. their players that's a little bit of hyperbole. Love you, man. <laughs> <laughs> or can, this this guy's going to do just as good as the guy he's replacing. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. But we Bruce, didn't, we're not missing a Bruce step Bruce looks like he was right about Carlton. Mm-hmm. And um, there's been a lot of talk about Ali, Ali Marpet's finally getting some buzz, which is good. He's yeah. apparently playing – very well. well, yes. So if we believe him and Marpet really is that good, do you think he has a shot at the Pro Bowl this year? I feel like we haven't had a lot of offensive linemen in the Pro Bowl through the years, though I'm sure Scott will correct me if I'm wrong on that. <laughs> yeah, I think I yeah, will. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Anyway, thanks for your time and go Bucks. Yeah, because you're, you're back to we're playing primetime games. People are seeing him, seeing him uh, oh, or yeah. the team that they haven't. Uh, it's the Brady factor. It, no question. Um. And even not primetime, they're just getting a lot of attention. And when you start talking about how well Tom Brady's doing with the offense, then you start talking about the other parts of that offense. Mm-hmm. And then people start noticing how well the offensive line is played, and then they start taking a closer look at the guys on that line. It's a domino effect. And suddenly people are looking at Ali Marpeco, man, this guy's really good, which well, we've been saying for years. When you bring your A game, you just make me look better. I appreciate so that. So I'll start at the end here. Okay. Um, I would say you're not that wrong, uh, Corey. Uh, it's not a real highly decorated – position for us in terms of Pro Bowls through the years. We didn't have a single one, as a matter of fact, until Tony Mabry broke through in 97 and then had three of them. And you know why that happened. The Bucks got good. Yeah. It's not a coincidence that the first time we get an offensive lineman is the first time in, you know, a decade and a half that we were actually good. Yeah. We sent like eight people to the Pro Bowl in 97. That was crazy. I was actually at that Pro Bowl. That was a good one. Tony Mabry was good. But then he got recognition. Yeah, that's a cool picture of all of them, too, in Hawaiian shirts. And yeah, that, I yeah. remember the one you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, we've had uh, Logan Mankins won one most recently. And even though that might have been a bit name-related, he apparently did have a pretty good season. That yeah. was his second in season here in his final NFL season. Uh, Davin Joseph deservedly got two. Underrated. He was so underrated. Yeah, he was a great player and a great guy. Still uh, is a great guy. Randall McDaniel and Jeff Christie both got one. Uh, and I think like 2000 or 2001, and that was after they joined us from the Vikings. Both those guys were big names Before. at the end of their careers, yeah. and uh, I think their names had a lot to do with that. Not to downplay because they both – I think Randall McDaniel's in the Hall of Fame. He is. Um, I believe he is. Jeff Christie was a very good player too. But I think that year they probably got it 
just well a lot of so much love for the Bucks. A, lo- a lot of times you get it from not the you get it from a previous year you know because it, yeah. you have this really good There's year a lag. Like, like 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 Levante David he, he he has been good his whole career but i think now it's going to catch up where where people are recognizing i mean it's a tough position he's in well he's still playing well this year too though so it'll yeah. still be deserving so that's good he was the defensive player of the month so speaking of speaking of offensive player of the week, which I didn't, I spoke of you I, didn't. I spoke of defense. Yeah, Tom Brady. Tom Brady. You know he's won that award thirty one times. <laughs> now, he, he hasn't won the NFC award. Is, he's is won he, that one one time. Like, do, do they get a plaque or something? Is he just like throwing that <laughs> in the garage? <laughs> they're like <laughs> using him to hold open doors. And yeah, it's just, just like all, whatever. You know, Giselle's like oh, another it, one of these. He, either, either that, either that, or he doesn't even go collect it. You know, he doesn't even open the box anymore. <laughs> he just kind of sits but there. But it goes on the list, and he's won it thirty-one. Times That's crazy. In Twenty-one seasons. Wow. He wins. It, he's basically twice ex- almost. Well, once one, one, one and, and a half, half, half times yeah. a, a year. Yeah. Yeah. So it's he's, not, he's and that's gonna, not easy to do either. Well, obviously. Well, I know, understand that, but I'm just saying. He is the greatest of all time. Uh-huh. So the question is, could Ali Marpet end up in the Pro Bowl? Well, sure. The, what, where you need to start here is, who does he have to beat? So let's look at who made the NFC Pro Bowl for guards last year. All right. Let's the two players it. voted in, but they didn't play, were Zach Martin of the Cowboys and Brandon Brooks of the Eagles. Well, Brandon Brooks is out for the year with an injury, so you don't have to worry about him. Mm-hmm. Zach Martin has the name recognition and is a fantastic player and will have a very good shot of making it again. But let's also keep in mind that the Cowboys don't look like they're very good. They're supposed to be good, but they're one in three. Yeah. It, it, as we've said, you know, the Cowboys are always going to get attention. Yeah. So Zach yeah. Martin still has a good shot, but maybe a little less than some other years. Yeah, that is a struggling team. Right he now. was the now you know guys get hurt or they go to the playoffs, so they don't play in the Pro Bowl, so they were replaced. Oh, okay, and then the third guy was uh, chosen was Brandon Scherf of Washington. He's hurt. He's on injury reserve right now. I don't know if his season's over, but he's hurt. So at the very least, he's not going to have as much time to prove it. Sure. Once you know it, all the Buccaneers will make it to the Pro Bowl, and there won't be one. <laughs> I just want the. I just want the recognition. I, I don't care about the game. Well, so but, I, I I will say this: it's great thinking about that, but I think you just got to keep winning. You got to keep playing because if it, they can play well, and if the team doesn't keep winning, oh yeah, for sure, it's not going to happen. But we we think they will. I do, and I don't think we're being delusional with that. This looks like a pretty darn good team. No, I'm not putting a number of injuries are injuries could be an issue. You never know, and we also don't know if COVID will interrupt this thing at some point. I'm, you know, we started at the top about sure. the Stefan Gilmore thing, and I bet you by the time we get back to our computers, there will be something else, some other piece of news like they're considering not playing that game or something like that. Um, you know, you say that, and I. You, you checking your phone? I just right now, 11 minutes ago, NFL, NFLPA looking at whether Titan players worked out together last week. Wow. They're going to get they're going to get gobsmacked mm-hmm. if if that's the case. They're going to get disciplined heavily. They might as well just go to the White House. <laughs> Jeff getting political. No, not at all. I'm just saying where it's it's a hotbed. No, I'm not that's not being political. It is a hotbed. Both the Titans and the White House. Yes. Jeez, man. So I wasn't done here because those three, none of those three guys actually played in the game, and they were replaced by these three guys. Trey Turner. Uh, he is in the AFC now. He's a charger. Don't have to worry about him. Okay. Andrews Pete for the Saints. 
who's currently hurt, and Larry Warford, also of the Saints last year, who's not in the league. Mm. So he's got a good shot. Yeah, my point is they're kind of clearing the runway for him. <laughs> Somebody's got to land there. <laughs> Somebody's got to land the plane there, and why not Why not Ali Marpet? Right, and Ali just needs to do his part, which he does. Which he's doing. And just keep playing. Just keep playing. We just so. need – it's just the same with all this. We need good fortune. We need fortune to shine on us in terms of injuries. Everything. And COVID. Yeah. And uh, otherwise, I think this is going to be uh, continue to be a very fun season. Yeah, and it and it is as with all the difficulties that we're having uh, with COVID, et cetera. Um, there's still there is still fun. It's still fun. There is a glimmer of of you know excitement, and even though I think it's, I I don't want to go down the road, but I th- sometimes think, gosh, if we weren't dealing with all this COVID, how much fun would this well, season the, be? The fans, oh, would, the stands would be oh, packed, my goodness. which would make it oh. a lot more fun, right? And it was nice to see some fans in there, and it did make a difference. I thought I thought Bruce was funny. He said you could hear the fans, and even when they were bitching, you could hear them. <laughs> and he's like, they should have been bitching there for I, a while. I had a friend. Um, you guys suck. Yeah, he, he, he gave me a call and said, hey, I really enjoyed the game. Um, he said, I said, how was it in the stands? He goes, it was so weird. Yeah, I'm sure. he, he said it was funny because you would you would yell <laughs> and you actually would hear yourself where before you'd be yelling and just be there. <laughs> you gotta be, you gotta be careful. Then. Yeah, and he said he said he realized he was yelling and he's wait a minute, that's me. <laughs> Usually when you're like. You're mad and you're yelling at a player. You suck. You blew that. Yeah. That you don't think they're actually going to hear uh, you. This time you yell and they go. They turn around and look at you. Oh yeah. Ooh, it, ooh, I better watch what yeah, I say. He said. Whoops. He said where he was sitting. He goes. Yeah. He goes. It was. He goes. There weren't very many people around us. But he goes. But the the one guy that was. Oh, he was. He just talked the whole game. <laughs> and he. You thought he was doing all the game planning oh, there was. He, 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 he was doing his yeah, own broadcast. Yeah. He said. He, Live I, from Raymond. James yeah. Street. It was. But uh, hopefully that uh, you know we'll be able to increase fans come yeah, the Green Bay game. They're hoping they're, to get up to about sixteen thousand. Yeah, yeah. It was a soft opening and. Um, do you see where Green? Speaking of Green Bay, Green Bay is not allowing fans. That's because that area is, is one of the nation's biggest hotspots. At one point, last even the week, city of Green Bay is the hotspot. Not I, just not only Wisconsin. I think at one point last week they had like a twenty-two percent infected rate. Yeah, that's enormous. And that's a little town too. I mean, there's what sixty thousand in that in that city. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know how many. <clears throat> but. Um, uh, Buffalo is allowing some fans in. <laughs> Interesting is the Titans are talking about letting fans in that they did got approval to let fans in. Now if now if only the team could yes. enter the stadium. You guys can come. We're not going to be there. <laughs> You're welcome to come in the stadium. It, we chuckle, but please wear a mask. Yeah, no kidding. All right, that's good. You know, we called this a mini episode and we've gone about an hour. Anymore. I know, but that's because you and I are just BSing with each other. And <laughs> I, I got to get back to work. I yeah. know. I, I, I have things a, to do. I have a lot to do. Yeah. I really do. Well, what, the broadcast is tomorrow. Which was funny is because we were trying to do this yesterday, and I kept pushing it back, and finally you brilliantly said, "Why don't we just do it tomorrow?" And I was like, "Yeah, that's the best thing ever." Because <laughs> so I got are. I got slammed yesterday. So, so like you said, right. wear a mask. Wear a mask, and since you did, thanks for listening.